What's up, everybody, and welcome to another mini major. Ow, ow, ow. This episode, we are talking about the Paul Feig Ghostbusters. We ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> What's up, Jonesy? What up, man? Noah, how you been, brother? Doing pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. So you just saw this today. I did. I saw it this morning. I saw it a week ago today uh, with a Q&A at the end with Paul Feig. With Paul Feig. I'm, you know what? I'm really excited to hear what he has to say about sure. everything. Um, we'll get to that towards the end because I think a lot of what he says will make sense more because sure. he spoke afterwards. Yeah, I would assume so. For a reason. I actually got to talk to him one-on-one for a little bit afterwards. Cool cat, Super nice. Yeah, he seems good. And I he, always loved him from fucking... I didn't know he did Freaks and Geeks, but I do Yeah, love, I didn't know that. He created yeah, he it. Created I had it. no I idea. I thought it was a Jedi Patel bit, but um, you know what I did love that he did? Mm. Heavyweights. I never saw it. You've never seen Heavyweights? No. You are in for a fucking treat. But you know what I love of his? What's that? Spy. Spot, yeah. Oh my god, it's so and it's funnier every time you watch it. It's really it's good. little things. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the that was the thing for me because like I love his type of movies. Yeah. I think he he's found his really. A, yeah. He found a good niche. He found for, a sweet spot wherever he wherever he's you know whatever he's creating. It's a nice little sweet spot. Uh, so I was kind of I was excited for this Ghostbusters movie to come out. Uh, I, I I love the original ones. Obviously, uh-huh. you know what it does from from like, I love the comedy. first one. The second one's pretty bad. I feel though the the second one just rode on the coattails of the first one yeah. pretty it was pretty just, similarly. Yeah, it was just more of the same. Yeah, sure. Um, but from a comedy standpoint, you know, the first Ghostbusters, you know, you got Animal House, you got Ghostbusters, yep. you got you know, fuck yeah, those things were awesome. This particular one, I I made a very big point not to see again any trailers, which is which would not uh, well. So the both tra- or the two main trailers were awful. Were they? Yeah, and they're apparently it's like it was they were the or that was like the worst reviewed trailer on YouTube oh, or that's something what I like heard. that. Oh, um, that's and, a bum. I kind of want to see it now. Yeah, check out the trailers. I I will say the movie was better than the trailers imply, but I just that's assumed. Good. I just assumed it was a shitty trailer. Yeah. How did that get through fucking, like... Man, I don't know. I'm very surprised because, for one, the trailer showed everything. Yeah. It showed the big... By the way, this episode, tons of spoilers. Yeah. This We're is literally... Like, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler seriously. alert. <laughs> <laughs> so many spoilers. I should have said that at the beginning. My bad. Whatever. But anyway, I did it now before saying... But anyway, it showed... The trailer showed the big climax where all the ghosts are all around New York. Really? Yeah, so it just it showed the whole movie. Damn! Literally, the theatrical trailer showed the entire movie. Well, well, that is, bro, that's as they're the doing fucking, now. That's what they fucking do now. That's why I don't watch that shit. Yeah. I mean, You're you smart. guys out here that have been listening to this podcast, you guys will know I'm the type of guy that, and I'll say it, and I'll say it a hundred fucking more times. If you want to be a real man. Don't watch the trailers. Right. Just go into the fucking movie and have zero expectations, which is super fucking tough to say. Yeah. Um, Especially just, with intellectual property like Ghostbusters. Like Ghostbusters, right. Because every, most most of us grew up on the original. Yep. Right? I watched both of them a billion times. Right. So uh, this is what I don't know about Ghostbusters. Was it uh, was it just an original property or was it a comic book or was it – do you know? So they made it into a cartoon after the film. Right. But I do not know if it was a comic book first. 
Ah, that should be something that we now, might want to find out. Now, there was a cartoon before the movie called Ghostbusters, but it included like a gorilla who would drive a Jeep. What? So when this cartoon came out, they had to call it something like the real Ghostbusters because they couldn't <laughs> call it Ghostbusters. Really? And they stumbled upon this because I somehow found a cartoon that was the Ghostbusters and I was super stoked. And I'm like, I don't remember a fucking gorilla yeah. in this. Huh. But it was kind of kooky, a little weird. Um, but yeah, so that's why the cartoon was the real Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they couldn't call themselves the Ghostbusters. Hmm. Um, and I did have the Slimer comic book growing up. Slimer the green Sli- guy. Slimer right? had his own comic book. Okay. Do you remember Ecto Cooler? No. That, oh, High C had a juice box that was Ecto Cooler that was like kind of green yeah it was green colored but it was more like i want to say orange juice but with green food coloring Mm. to be ectoplasm so really find out so really quick just because i i wanted to know so basically the development of this project is the movie's concept was inspired by dan Aykroyd's fascination with the paranormal we all know about his alien (laughs) shit on fucking whatever um but he basically conceived it as a vessel like a vehicle for himself and his friends on saturday night live um to basically go through so the original story was written by Aykroyd. Um, yeah, was different from what was like eventually filmed, but nonetheless, right. uh, the the original version was called Ghost Mashers. Thank God they changed that. Uh, where they basically travel through time, space, and dimensions, combating huge ghosts, yada yada, and so forth. Thank God they changed all of that. So that was the initial inception. So I was always curious, like, is this what? Yeah. Like, where did the property fucking yeah. come from? Well, you know what? Good for you, Dan Aykroyd. Good for fucking you. Yeah, he wrote a lot really of his cool... own parts for a long time. And his part in the Ghostbusters is awesome. Yeah. You know, I th- I love his part in the go- this original is like, Ghostbusters. Yeah, this is when he actually wrote parts that he was right for. A little bit later, he would write movies and things where it's like, but you're not that, like, trying to prove. I feel like Dan Aykroyd always wanted to be the cool kid. Right. But it was always apparent that he wasn't the cool kid. So when yeah. he would play those characters, like, but you're not. But that was the charm of Dan Aykroyd, though. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you disagree? Eh. I disagree. Well, he- here's the thing. I've never seen a Dan Aykroyd movie where Dan Aykroyd is the fucking front man. Spies like us? He- but he's it- spies like us. There was always, like, a counterpart yeah, to Dan Yeah, that Aykroyd. show Soul Man still counterpart to with him he's he i don't feel like i've ever seen a dan Aykroyd movie where it was just dan Aykroyd. you know like chevy chase film or fucking steve martin or whatever during that time or a john candy or john or exactly or the belushi you know uh john belushi like it was always that extra but even the blues brothers i'm like dude you're not cool i he's trying so hard but he just never and it's fine that he's not Uh uh-huh i can't pull off a cool like ryan reynolds character it'd be super fucking awkward if i did that so it just it feels weird (laughs) i mean it's true yeah i could see it so well yeah i mean i don't know but what do you think of this movie well i think i came into it with a clear frame of reference only because i didn't i wanted to watch the original one before i went to go see this one yeah but i i fought myself and i didn't okay 
I didn't do it because I didn't want to compare it to something else. Right. Where I was least... something that you thought they were going to try and make their own. Right. And I, th- I felt like this going into it, I was thinking a couple different things and my curiosity peaked um, only because I thought to myself, one, well, I peaked more when I was just hearing all the bullshit that was going on about it. You know, all the sexism, misogynistic fanboy bullshit that was going around. I well, didn't, and I didn't really re- want to read into more. I heard about it. I didn't really care right. to jump into that whole conversation. We'll talk about that after this. Okay. Train of thought. So I went into it um, knowing that there's people talking shit about it, not wanting to see the original before I jumped into this one. And I didn't, to be honest with you, I didn't know that they wanted to make it their own. I th- I, I kind of thought they were going to kind of ride on the coattails of the original one a mm-hmm. little bit. So all in all for me, I just kind of went in with some ideas, but not resting on any of them. Sure. And right out of the gate, okay, I feel like the technology finally caught up with you know, having something really cool on the screen for Ghostbusters, where the original is kind of cool because we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna compare it back we from have the original to, back to. to this one, back to the original. Bear in mind, you my can't not right, but bear in mind my point of view is gonna be skewed only because I understand the technology and where it was and the type of people that were making the first one versus where they're at making this one. At least in my own generalized opinion. Um, I I'm first, not disagreeing whatsoever. <laughs> first and foremost, the technology for this one. I mean, dude, the it's so fun, like super fun. I felt like, yeah, there it's it the, it's campy in a mm. sense of like you know the ghosts and all that type of stuff. It felt like almost uh, you know an Are You Afraid of the Dark type of ghost sure. scenario. But the technology, I like how vibrant the picture was mm-hmm. with uh, within that. Uh, I mean, from the original one. The ghosts are kind of cheesy, but that was part of the charm. That was charm man. Of, well, true, and that again becomes the cult classic right. that it is now. Whereas this particular one, I really enjoyed the characterizations of the characters. I felt I wasn't just watching Kristen Wiig and McCarthy and Jones and McKinnon. Um, I felt like I was watching they were doing caricatures of people. And I thought okay. that was, to me, that was kind of, that was really fun to watch. Kristen Wiig, yeah, she kind of played the same type of part she did. I did like to see Melissa McCarthy and what she was kind of doing, which is a subdued version of her, like her yeah. comedic intensity, you know, because she's a powerhouse man. Oh, when it comes in to Spy? She's hilarious. Brilliant. Exactly. And she, she came at it, and I think she came from a really unique place. She played something that I don't really, you don't really see her too, too much. You know, she plays a really intellectual yeah. type of character where in other movies, I feel she always plays the underdog where she's an underdog here but in the other movies I feel she's doing this underdog type of thing where then she realizes that she's balmy at the end and she's like yeah I'm I'm good I'm actually really good at this or whatever yeah. I'm doing whereas this particular one like she knew she knew she was good yeah she was competent from the beginning from the very beginning and very exactly. confident in what she did I mean she released that book mm-hmm. she's right like, away. she knows mine yeah um, so I mean outside of that I, I enjoyed the casting personally um, because I didn't really, again, I didn't have one way over the other yeah. about it. I was just, I was, I was, I went in wanting to be entertained more uh-huh. than anything else. Were you? <sighs> yes you, and no. Okay. Can so, you pinpoint specifics? Yes. Yes. Being that there was moments that I was like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I like that. How fun. That's awesome. And then there was moments of just like, really? You're going to say that? 
when the hell did Oogie Boogie become part of this fucking <laughs> movie? Um, and there's just certain parts where I was just like, I don't understand their uh, their motives a lot of times right. throughout this movie. Like Kristen Wiig just kind of came out, her character just kind of came out and was just like, oh, I need to have tenure. But there was no real backstory on the need for any of that or... You know, and then the opening of the movie, we get the opening of the movie with uh, them going to the first ghost type uh-huh. of encounter with the guy from the office. Yeah. Right? Bro, I would have been more entertained seeing Kristen Wiig and her best friend's character in the beginning of the movie, young, and seeing that creepy yeah. ghost and being made fun of, and then that echoing throughout the rest of the movie. Because I feel like we would connect with them totally. on that last moment where she jumps into the fucking, uh, you know, into the pit of hell or whatever and pulls out her best friend like i would have felt more connected to that moment setting that up in the very beginning personally so it's just there there was it felt to me like they were paying ode to the old stuff like you know the 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 first picture that we see of that girl looked like um zool Uh in the painting you know the head was tilted the same way and did you stay past the credits i did so they did mention they did mention zool which i thought was like all right Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, whatever. Um, but I felt like there was, again, cool moments, really cool gadgetry throughout the whole thing, which I thought was pretty neat. But then again, the gadgetry would just felt like it was just thrown at us. All totally. of a sudden, the car was like, that car's nuclear. Don't shoot at it. And then like, let's shoot at it all of a sudden. Or that thing's super nuclear. But we're just going to hang out in the alley and use it, if you will. You know, And I can understand suspending the disbelief a little bit. But at the same time, it was just one of those things where, like, you're kind of setting up the rules and then you're breaking the rules of the world. And you're setting up the rules of the world and you're kind of breaking them again. And that's and my biggest like, pet peeve when it, it comes to films is it's like I can suspend my disbelief if you tell me something. Uh-huh. But then if you break your own rules, I it's so hard for me to get that suspension of disbelief again. Sure. I can totally because, see that. Because, like, if you don't care about these rules, why am I? Mm-hmm. If you're not living within the confines of the world you made up, mm-hmm. what's the point? Yeah, I could see that. So, I mean, there was a lot of those elements. I just, just our main character being Kristen Wiig's character. I can I can't remember the fucking name that they gave her on the. The only one that was really memorable for me was honestly McKinnon's character. Because she was such a fucking character throughout this entire yeah. movie. And I really enjoyed that, by the way. Because I've never seen anything else she was ever in. She's amazing in SNL. She's the Is best she? thing to happen to it since Bobby Moynihan or Bill Hader or Andy Samberg. Really? That's she's awesome. Amazing. She's that, she's so She, she brought shines. a really cool fucking yeah. character to that. And she, you can tell that she was having so much fun with that uh-huh. character. She was so all over the place yeah. and a little schizophrenic. And uh, you know, even the last moment with them having that beer... And she's giving, you know, that speech to everybody and it's very heartfelt, but in her really awkward type of way. I'm like, good for that girl. Like, I'm like, I want to work with that girl, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, she's Um, unbelievably good. The the black girl, I felt like you kind of just stereotyped a black lady, which I was a little (laughs) bummed out about. Yeah. Um, And especially with like, there was a couple of lines thrown out and she's like, yeah, because I'm a ghostbuster. And I'm just like, really? (laughs) You know, you could have had a really fun moment with a line like that where she basically gives them the idea for the end, you know, to close the hole up and, you know, do all that shit. And she she could easily gave uh, a better punchline about, you know, like, 
one speaking to the times now being like why because i'm a tall black bitch that i'm fucking yeah. you know i'm stupid yeah. like i listen to what all you guys say and you know, i'm not just an idiot here you know you could have had a, something a little bit more playful within uh-huh. that realm just instead of just being like what i'm a ghostbuster sucker yeah <laughs> you know and i felt like a lot of that stuff just felt contrived um the other thing that i felt that i really wanted to see one of the one of the beauties of the original ghostbusters was its ability to show the people of new york city and the gritty nature of new york city this particular Dude, there was nothing to that this is not at such all. a the, squeaky clean jones is the closest thing that you're gonna get to that kind of gritty uh, New York type of feel, but that was such a fucking small-ish part right out of the gate. So, I don't know, man. I really wanted to see some of that stuff where the original really played ode to, you know, to to what New York City was. Mm. Ah, shut up. This is our town, you know, that type of thing. And these ones, I felt, it was just so glossy and pretty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. So I guess at the end of the day, I and know Baron. <laughs> I know where's everybody at. I could. Not I didn't hear that. that many car honks. No, at all. Barely. So when they were looking at the the firehouse that initially that uh-huh. they were thinking about being there, the twenty one thousand a month firehouse. Yeah, but did you see the neighborhood? There was like nobody walking outside. Yeah, at all. It was like what? Well, just I mean, seriously. In L.A., because traffic's so bad, <laughs> if right. I'm getting to uh, the 101 uh-huh. faster than normal, I'm worried that I'm missing like a terrorist attack or something happening that are telling people to stay off of the streets. I'm like, where is everybody? This is going to sound super insensitive, but like, this is post 9-11. <laughs> so everybody's like, shit, hide your kids, hide your wife. We're not going to be on the streets. <laughs> I don't know. But it's like... When there's not a lot of traffic, I'm like, Shh, what the fuck's happening? So when right. I saw that, that New York was barren waste, I'm like, what happened? <laughs> you know? I do. I do indeed. It did not have the life. Like, New York is a heartbeat. Right. It has people moving nonstop. Those uh, sidewalks are filled, filled with people. With people. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't that. There was the sparse extra walking every once in a while but i'm like where is everybody Mm -hmm. i do yeah from a for ghostbusters obviously new york city was a character in itself i felt like they said we're just gonna put this in new york and not care about the character of new york that bummed me out a little bit because i did like the gritty nature of the original one versus the glossy nature of this one but i do understand that it's an origin story and we want to start seeing where the these characters came from but that's the hardest part for me because the key they, they you know reading more about like the writers that when they made this movie they were like well we wanted to do something different we wanted to do like an origin story i'm like but you don't really start with where they started no you just jump into it where i'm like if you're gonna reinvent the this idea you give me something a little extra on the other end i guess my question to you and i i don't mean to cut you off because i want to no, hear the please. rest i of feel like before. i'm just ranting on this stuff because i just saw it so I like yeah, all these so it's things all fresh. it's all fresh in my brain you know i'm trying to make what of it my question to you is what did they make their own because watching it and thinking about it i feel like they pretty much just stuck it almost felt like a retread I just, as with the characterizations, I don't feel like they made it their own at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have different characters with different names and different positions and whatnot. But then I feel like when everybody kind finally came together, the four of them, mm-hmm. it was pretty much just, and now we're the Ghostbusters like you know. Right. So it didn't, 
it it felt uh the hollywood reporter had a really good article on like a review kind of it wasn't the official review but it was kind of like it's too bad that it was like this and why and they used the word timid to describe the movie like that's i would absolutely call it timid because watching it there it did feel like they were tiptoeing around stuff yes it felt so much that i felt like they felt the weight of some sort of responsibility to stay super fucking true uh-huh. to the source material to the point where it just didn't but have the that... livelihood that Paul Feig usually does. Yeah, that's true. It felt so like uh, they. It felt like they had so much pressure mm. on them to not fuck it up that it was. There was so many parts where I'm like, this could have been fun for me. Now Paul Feig in his movies will have some sort of running gag that doesn't work for me. Um, even if I love the movie, like Spy, uh-huh. the running gag for me that I never laugh about is with the mice and the bats in the mm-hmm. little control center. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like, whatever. I can easily just throw it off because that movie, I give it a nine because the running that's kind of like a running gag where it's like, oh, the the mice shit on the cake. <sighs> oh no, now there's bats. Right. Like that doesn't, you know, there's the gag, and I'm sure it's for some people. Totally fine. But there always seems to be a little running gag that it just doesn't work for me. Sure. But this one, the running gag really bothered me in a logistical way with the Chinese food. Oh, yeah. That I didn't find remotely funny at any point, and it kept coming back to the point where I'm like, why do you order from this place? Because I don't know if you're aware, but New York has this place called Chinatown. (laughs) And New York has the best Chinese food I've had in the States. Really? Fucking amazing. Better Something about... My, better than my Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's orange chicken. Yes. All right. Something about uh, the ba- you know um, pastries, pasta, and food that's... It's something to do with the water that's east of the Mississippi tends to be, like, better. Interesting. Um, especially when it comes to, like, pastries and some other stuff. Sure, sure, It's sure, something sure. that matters. But, um, You're making me hungry, you fucker. <laughs> I'm hungry, too. Um, but, but so for me, on the writer side of it, I'm like, you need a justification why she keeps ordering from this place. Particular place. Because they keep fucking I mean, her over. I mean, it's just com- com- comedic... You know, comedic but I felt like it was cheap. Time. It, and it felt yeah. flat. Like, it was really... With her saying, like, I need wonton to soup proper ratio like yeah i was just trying to be overly funny i'm like you're not larry david you can't pull off that it's not for her but i felt so i felt like it was super timid and i felt like they were very intimidated by the source material and i was kind of hoping they would make it their own but once like i said once they got together it just felt status quo Mm -hmm. i mean even the black character in the first one wasn't a scientist either you Mm -hmm. know and it's like so they're gonna do it again um and i liked i like the actresses involved i kind of i've fallen out of love with Kristen wedd yeah quite a bit over the years why is that so i loved her i like her in small roles in knocked up where she plays the e assistant and Mm -hmm. she has the snide little remarks oh that's right yeah hilarious uh but I'm an SNL fan, and as the years went on with her on SNL, I started liking her less and less because she was given all the female leading parts. Mm. Basically, once she came aboard, it was, you know, when Tina Fey, Maya Rudolph, 
Amy Poehler, when they're on, there was that healthy rotation mm-hmm. and healthy support system. Whereas Kristen Wiig cock-blocked all of the younger women, so you'd lose them. Right. You left, or you lost, uh, Chris Elliott's daughter was on the show for a while. Mm-hmm. You lost her. You lost, um, Michaela Watts, Watkins. You lost all of these people who couldn't shine because Kristen Wiig was given all the female roles. Uh, where it, and even in Bridesmaids, like, I don't even know why it's called that because it's about her character. It's very misleading. It's mm-hmm. attempt to be an ensemble, but she's kind of cock blocking everybody, everybody else. else. Now, granted, she wrote it, but I'm like, why would you call it Bridesmaids? Right. So for me, and women love her, but for me, I'm like, for a metaphor, she's the type of female friends that, or a female friend that tells her girlfriends, like, we're going to be best friends. We're best friends forever. But the minute you turn your back, she's trying to get with your boyfriend. Uh, like that's with kind of how her cock blocking people on SNL. Mm-hmm. And even in leading roles, I've kind of been, I loved her in Skeleton Twins. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet, but I've, it's I'm... really good because she's being serious. Gotcha. Um, but when it comes to, and in this, to kind of to your point with her wanting tenure, I found it weird that she was so. I felt like the first act set up a lot of shit that mm-hmm. never that they just dropped in the second yeah, act. Yeah, that was the thing that bummed the fuck out of me. Yeah, Most... like her dressing all super, super conservative dropped. Right. Once they started doing the Ghostbuster thing, that was never a thing. Right. So much shit was set up and no payoff. And then no payoff. Yeah, now, I, I will totally say, agree. I didn't think about it. I do like that idea of a flashback for the start. I loved... How they started it. I it was pretty funny. I do agree. Super fucking funny. But the payoff on it wasn't even that no. big, that great. No. That was my there issue. There was nothing. After that first big scene, mm-hmm. it just dropped it. Yep. Literally. I mean, so the dude almost fell into the stuff. Uh-huh. I'm like, is he possessed? Because they never even explained how he got out of that. Right. Because I thought he was fucked. Yeah, totally, right? And he never mentioned. Right. What? You have, uh, what's his name? The super I live green guy, Ed Bagley Jr. Mm-hmm. You have him saying that he that the dude from Silicon Valley in the office shit his pants. Right. That's your explanation. It. I don't know how he got out of that situation. Right. You know, so I just felt like so much shit was brought up and dropped. And um, I love Kate McKinnon. Like I said, she's just amazing. She's awesome, dude. Breaks that girl stole the show. She's a lesbian because I kind of love her a lot. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I felt like her character, she did a lot with that character, but I felt it was the least fleshed out. Sure. So for me, I wanted a little bit more. I feel like a lot of her maybe background ah. or whatever was cut out on the cutting room floor. Because Paul know, Feig d- said his cut was three and a half hours long. Oh, shit. Which, I mean, is how they always do it. And they negotiate yeah, but still, down. But still, as long as shit. I mean, to be honest with you, her character I could do less of because yeah, a you lot know of people why she's there. Yeah. You yeah. totally understand why she's there. She's kind of like the, you know, she's the tech. Mm-hmm. You know, she's the, the tech guru. Yeah. She makes all the weapons. She has a weird, you and know, she's quirky fun. personality. She's I fun. Mean, exactly. I love her. You don't, you don't need too much of a backstory for that chick. The fucking backstory you need is between the two goddamn best yeah. friends that seem to be best friends for their entire fucking yeah, life because that you never even felt one connection with. Because there was a payoff for them, but there was never a setup. That's my point. <laughs> you know? That's my fucking point, yeah. man. If you're going to set up a ghost or you know, if you're going to set up a payoff for that moment by the very end of this thing, 
do it in the beginning of the movie. Give us a frame of reference. Yeah. I do like that they ended up, you know, when they ended up meeting back at each other, you know, you dangle the carrot enough for the audience to be like, well, why do they hate each other? But to be completely honest with you, the reason why they hated each other was bullshit. Yeah. It wasn't anything that no. like really went I, I didn't down accept crazy. It I didn't accept it either. It was just like, well, you just stopped and stopped believing or whatever. It was it was petty is really what it was. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to fucking get behind that so that that's the thing that they fucking have to overcome to be best friends again. That is the dumbest shit. And honestly, if she did have that person sleeping over her bed for that long, yeah. she wouldn't stop believing. That's my point, too. I'm like, what was it about you that just quit this whole thing? You wrote a 400-page book. You did all this stuff with yeah. blah, blah, blah. There was blah. no justification to walk no, away. No, there wasn't. And that was the thing. I was just like, I just really hope so that I didn't I really hope the tech is cool. <laughs> and I didn't. And so I didn't buy a lot of her caring what other people thought. I didn't buy, I didn't buy it when Bill Murray's character... Oh, uh, don't even get me a When she finally, like brought out the demon or whatever like uh-huh. i didn't buy that she would do that because i didn't right. buy it from the beginning right and that's my i'm like why would you, why is she doing that why i understand that this is like a character choice that they're making for like a for an arc of some form or f- whatever and i didn't I, I just it didn't and i didn't buy her being into chris hemsworth because her <laughs> character the way it was set up in the first she's, act she's smart it didn't seem like that would be what her character would do. Into, yeah, it felt totally like that agree. was in there because they felt like the it's script like a super needed shallow it. thing. I mean, 100%. I guess she came at it from like a shallow point of view, but you <sighs> want some of those know. characteristics yeah. beforehand. It's just funny because you and I, as like writers and all that stuff, we we really tend to look at character yeah. a ton. Look, I'm just gonna flat out say it. Like the the technology that they that they had in the in the in the film, awesome. You know, the gadgets, fucking awesome. The 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 3D effects, all that type of stuff with the ghosts and all that stuff, fucking cool. Shot beautifully, right? Yeah, cinematography. Cinematography, is pretty fucking great. awesome. Good soundtrack. You know, good color scheme. Totally. But the thing is, is all that stuff to me doesn't really mean shit if I cannot connect to the characters. Right. And I think the difference between this particular one and the new and the old is the old was the technology wasn't there, but what do we care about the most? Character. We cared about the fucking characters. Uh-huh. We enjoyed them. We 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 followed Bill Murray's character through and all honestly, his escapades. And honestly, did you care that much about the antagonist? No. I, that was I the had so many other questions. fucking thing for me, man. Like, look it. How did he know? all of that stuff there was their no book. their book is what they uh, they said they he found he read their book but i thought that his that their book was how he figured out how to do the stuff not how he knew that they didn't even they, there was no explanation for none. that whatsoever yeah he totally. was just the weirdo in the restaurant booth and to be honest with you that bummed me out too yeah that ultimately because bummed me out. going back to the originals those antagonists were fucking fleshed out dude hardcore and they came at it they came from every corner and i mean ominous like, like you it built totally. up there was yeah. no build up for this literally bill murray falls in love with sigourney weaver's character who is being basically poltergeisted yeah through the yep. through the things and but he's falling in love with this lady i mean the comedy that was happening when he shows up to her room and she's possessed and it was a like, recurring problem it consistent right and then she becomes the gatekeeper and then all of a sudden their neighbor becomes the key master there is no dana there is only (laughs) exactly but they plotted it out so beautifully so when by the very end of this thing when they go up to the top and all that shit 
payoff. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yes. Satisfaction. We, we, didn't, we didn't have this here. At all. That was a big thing where, you know, in the first one, it was build up, build up, build up, build up. Right. Payoff. In this, it was origin, origin, orange, orange. Oh, my God, everything. <laughs> you know, and, right. and part of that. The the big climax of it. Did I just blow out the? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you almost uh, did though. The part of it I can't totally blame the whole team, except I can only blame today's day and age for tentpole films, where you base where there's this compulsion for these big budget tentpole features to throw everything in the kitchen sink at the end, right? But for me, and we all know this from like my gravity and shit like that. When every fucking thing is happening, I stop caring yeah. because it's too much. Right. It's just you're telling me that in the especially the first movie, where do you go from this? But you're telling me that they unlocked whatever that is and all of New York has all of these ghosts and these four women can easily just stop it. Yeah. That just what? Yeah. That doesn't work. Mm hmm. There, first off, there was no build-up to it. And second off, I felt like the ghost cameos were just there for ghost cameos. Mm-hmm. Nothing felt... That was my biggest issue for this. And you're saying the feeling. I think we're... I'm going to use a different word, but I think it's one and the same here. Nothing felt organic. Yeah, I can see Because that. we, I didn't feel connected to the characters, I felt like every little... we Kind of like with Batman versus Superman, every little element that we have to put in this movie for it to be Ghostbusters... Uh-huh. Like I felt like there was never it wasn't earned. Right. It was we need this. We need this cameo. We need this reference. We well, need this. And it's like, but I don't. You have to earn it. It's right. not organic. It was just shoved in there. Like here's Dan Aykroyd. Oh, he says he's not afraid. He goes. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't fucking care about that. If I don't care about if it hasn't organically led me to this moment. Totally get that. I mean, I. The shoehorn stuff just felt jarring to me. And yeah. then the big climax, it was just too much. I thought it looked I'm okay. Cool. I'm okay with the climax. The only I'm on your end though, you gotta earn the fucking climax. I feel like this is what I felt like. I felt like these women were drug through this whole movie. hundred percent. They 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 talk about having characters with agency. Right when you're when you're thinking about writing characters, yeah. having characters with agency, having them make the choice, I don't feel like they've none of these characters were ever making real choices that I believed in. Mm-mm. So I felt like you yeah, thought they were just to get to point, point A, a to B. point B. Exactly. Here's a plot. Here's a plot. Here's a plot. Boom. Let's get there. Um, I don't feel like they were really ever making true, honest choices. Maybe maybe they're making a choice to go see the first ghost. Maybe they're making small sure. little choices about like, well, let's just do this. But they got fired because of it. They got this because of it. Like everything felt like there was just happening to them. And this is where my frustration becomes um, kind of actualized in the sense of like, fine, they're women. Give them give them some man qualities. Don't be a fucking bitch. Give them some man qualities to make some goddamn choices and be willing to own yeah. those goddamn choices instead of just being drugged through a whole fucking movie yeah. to where by the very end of this thing, you're not satisfied because you don't feel like they made that choice. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? I it's tough. do. And I, I think that was another thing I was disappointed in because... And, I don't want to get into it yet because I want to kind of keep things compartmentalized, but they made a point to make this all female. They made a point to it. 
um, which once again we can get into because that's a whole other subject I want to discuss oh, here soon because I just wish both sides would shut the fuck up and just be like, <laughs> this is all intentional. Sure. And there, it continued to be intentional. But I felt like it played it too safe when it sh- This was the opportunity to break down the bullshit barriers and gender Dude, roles. Thank you. And I was really looking forward that to that. That was why they did feel. this. And they didn't even. They tiptoe. They didn't even yeah. tiptoe around. They just avoided it. Yeah, I could feel that. Like it's that bin of laundry. It's like I have to fucking do it, but I don't want I'm to. busy today, yeah. and so you avoid it for a couple days. Right. Well, this movie's laundry is never going to be folded. <laughs> God damn it! But yeah, it really bothered me. And once again, because we didn't have the connection, and it just was more apparent to me that's like we have to have this element in here, like the mayor. Being so against it made no goddamn sense. Dude, the lady that he had next to him was just like... Oh, Cecily Strong? God damn you. She was too hammy in this. Dude, totally. Like, like Almost like a caricature. Like, what movie are you in? It, it really bordered, like, they. it feels like to me they bordered the line of, like, let's make caricatures and let's make them real at the same time. So you got caricatures of people and then you got people people all living in the same type of world. Yeah, it felt... Her character felt too meta. Yeah. Like, too, like, I'm in a Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. You know, where the meta moments that I thought were good was the YouTube comments, mm-hmm. which I thought was great, where it's yeah. like, ain't no bitches yeah. going for ghosts or something. And that was funny. Right. That's where meta needs to be and stay. I just feel like when they announced that but they... that didn't make any goddamn sense. Uh, well, I feel like when they announced that they were going to make this movie, and I could be completely wrong, so if Paul Feig... No, we're going to... We'll get into this right now. If you listen to this, uh, I still love your movies, but I feel no, like... No, it was great. I think they saw the comments, and they saw what people were saying, and then they were just like, holy shit, and it... Implanted something into all of their brains, and then they just played it safe. Nope, I disagree. Really? Uh-huh. I don't know, man. I feel like so we can get into this. Right all now. right, let's do this. So I got really, I very quickly got tired of people bashing the people who were pissed off about it being all women uh-huh. because they were making a point with this movie by casting all women. Sure, totally They there. were purposely rattling the cage. Right. Got you know that. why? Because as enlightened as we claim to be since the 70s civil rights movement, not a lot has changed. Mm-hmm. Women are not being represented in film in leading roles like they're being represented out into the world. Right. They're only being represented in Paul Feig. Right. He's, <laughs> he's made a very deliberate point to be doing this i agree um and so this movie like they purposely did an all-female cast to buck the trend Uh and he even said in the q a like wanting to show that women can lead a tentpole movie they don't Mm -hmm. have to be the sidekick or the love interest sure they're purposely pushing growing pains are called pains for a reason sure it's because you're going to have that backlash Mm -hmm. they knew that was part of it they were purposely doing it to start the dialogue because it's kind of like with trump supporters like i didn't know so many angry people were hiding under the rock right and now that they're out there it's like kind of disturbing that so many people thought that way but you know what i'd rather it be out Out, there so you can start that dialogue sure and so they 
per, even in the marketing, there was a an online like marketing piece where it shows like the wacky scenes from the Ghostbusters with critics' responses, and they purposely picked multiple critics' comments that were like, "Move over, boys! The girls are now the leads." And shit, where. <laughs> But that's the point. They're purposely trying to rattle the cage. So for people to say like, "I can't believe all these guy, or all these people are going to be sexist," well, Paul Feig and company did. Uh-huh. That's exactly why they were doing this. Sure. So it's like, if you're surprised, you're alone. Because that's why they fucking made this all female instead of being like two men, two women, or whatever. They purposely did that. Now sure. that said, if you're going to make I'm going to call it a bold statement. I don't think it's a bold statement, but to our country, it is a bold statement. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's bold, but they're making a bold statement by like, listen, motherfuckers, it's 2016. Women need to be leading movies. Yeah. You know, that they can't all be starring Melissa McCarthy. She has to be part of an ensemble, too. Sure, you know? sure, sure. Um, but if you're going to do that, you better be bold in the execution. And that's not the movie I saw. Yeah. and They I mean, played it as fucking safe as human. And that's possible. my point. Like, to, you know, when I'm saying that I feel like they saw some of these, like, initial comments about what they were making and no, I think they added it to the script when they heard the feedback. Sure. But I do but feel I that they, I don't know. I, do you think they had buyer's remorse almost? I, I I don't have a better way of describing it, but more or less, like they they ultimately nope. <laughs> they I feel like they they saw some of these comments. You know, first and foremost, like Paul Feig didn't really want to make this film from the get go, mainly because he. Why the fuck am I gonna? Why would you remake this? You know, the other one's a fucking That's, classic. Well, and yeah, I had a conversation. You know, Todd. Uh-huh. Like a uh, woman he was dating, um, I hope he still is because she's awesome. Uh-huh. But uh, she brought up that she thought, and I didn't even think about this, but I think it's spot on that a large amount of people who aren't mad because it's sexist are mad because Ghostbusters is kind of a property that might be untouchable. No, I don't see. I don't think anything's untouchable. See, I'd be not happy if Princess Bride got remade. You know what, man? To be honest with you, I'd be. I don't think. I don't care either which way, man. Because you got to understand. But you don't care. Yeah. But there's a lot of people who are like, oh, don't fuck my childhood memories. That that might be as opposed to like, sure. oh, they're women. Yeah. Which I is valid. That. And honestly, this movie, I think it belongs in the 80s and early 90s because it, you know, there's charm to how they did the special effects right. and this charm to those iconic characters and those actors that portrayed them that I guess my point is, do we really need to make beat for beat that same movie nowadays? Or can we, I would have rather they sure have some elements that are recognizable, but just fucking make it your own. Yeah. And you, you brought that question up earlier. Like, did they, was there anything that they did that quintessentially made this their own? I don't think so, man. And I don't think they really do. I don't think the gadgets were enough to make it their own, especially when they're claiming to use the same technology. Right. When she kept saying like nuclear and stuff like that, it reminded me of the '60s Batman, where the cars (laughs) run on nuclear, and in the Batcave, there's a big nuclear vat. Right. They don't know how nuclear power works, but they had like a big old vat that would power the Batmobile. Right. And it just felt so like, but we know that that's not a good thing. Yeah. (laughs) Like it just it. 
that felt dated. Sure. There's a lot of stuff where I felt like they were trapped in the 80s where it's like, man, make it your own. Yeah. I mean, that was my biggest. I was just like, oh, come on. And I mean, if you're looking at it from a, you know, a Paul Feig fucking production, you know, he has certain tropes that he throws into his films. He has styles within the way that he cuts jokes yeah. and things like that that are very him. Right. Those worked, I think, like uh-huh. the back and forth between certain characters and the, you know, the comedic pauses and then the payoffs, you know, on on some of the cuts and things, which I think worked fine. But I think from a a standpoint of the these these characters creating it their own. Ugh. Yeah. Did you find it too rigid? I did. And that's the tough part. Like, I don't want to say rigid. I've, it's, it did feel stiff, though. Yeah. You know, um, that's a better word. It did feel stiff. Like it was because just I felt it was like trying the... too, too yeah. hard at times. And then it loosened up a little bit. And you're like, OK, maybe they're going to get in the groove. And then it just fucking stiffened up again. And then you're just like, well, I don't. Why did you I just do I would have loved to see what the set was like, just because it felt like they all felt so much pressure. And that's my point. That right there is what I was trying to get at because I feel like they were reading some of this bullshit in the beginning and then the pressure w- weighed on them. And maybe they, they recognized it. Maybe they didn't recognize it. You or think maybe whatever. they freaked out that people were mad about the change where like, well, then we should, probably shouldn't change much else. I don't know. Uh, to be honest with you, and I don't, I'm not going to presume to know any of this shit, to be honest with no, you. No, I mean, we can hypothesize. I mean... Because <sighs> that's kind of how it felt, where they're like, man, we're already changing the gender. We probably should stick to what it was. What it, yeah. Where that, and I think Which that's the reason bad. why, for me, that McKenna's character, Hoyt or whatever, uh, was so refreshing. Even though she was kind of Bill Murray-ish. I don't she find had his that impish she, charm. Yeah, but not in a right. very relatable, right. not in a super relatable way. Like I never saw well, her. He was character. kind of the smarmy, charismatic, which isn't what she was. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And she's she's not the lead. Right. Bill Murray most definitely right. was the lead. Him and Reitman, and then Aykroyd, and then so forth. I loved her character because she was just who she was. Um, which for me. If they worked. all were like that, yeah. that would have yeah. been much, much better. Yeah. Second in line was Jones, kind of recreating whatever character she, you know, creating that type of character. I felt like she was just who she was. Yeah. Right? It's kind of what she always plays. Totally. Um, which is, eh, you're fitting a stereotype again, honey. It'll so be like, good, but I really, uh, and I'm glad, I, I love her. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm hoping in the future that we see more, because I think she's capable of Well, more. she's a stand-up comedian, right? Yeah. She's so like, and she I haven't got seen much SNL. film. I didn't know that. I've, so I don't older. watch too, Well, too she got on SNL because they got really criticized for like having one black member per group. <laughs> so Thanks, she was like a, a 25th hour addition oh, interesting. to the group. And she's older. I mean, yeah, that's another thing older. where they're like, she's in her 40s, I think. Yeah, she's, she's much older, but she's great. I just, I'm hoping in the future she can kind of, stri- that they that they don't keep putting her in stuff as this character. Yeah, that's... Because I think she's capable of so much more. I do too. And she... I, th- I I enjoyed her more than I thought I would based on, once right. I in the trailer, mm-hmm. but ba- and based on like, oh, she's going to do the same stuff. But I thought she did, I was impressed with her. Totally. I thought she, she came in with good comedic timing. They didn't she give a... her a lot, but she did a lot with a Agreed. little. The two outshined, you know, McKinnon, Jones outshined for me, McCarthy, 
and fucking wig throughout this yeah, entire I felt like film. McCarthy was subdued to the point where I'm like, where are you, Melissa? I know. I you know, know I, I felt do. like she she probably felt the weight more than anybody there else. There was also moment. There was also moments where like these are very smart women, and then they would do stupid yeah. fucking shit. Yeah, like really it's kind of insulting. It really is, and I'm just like, if you're gonna fucking make them smart, make them fucking smart. Don't get in a goddamn cheap laugh. Yeah. So again, outside of all this shit, for me it. Technology. Did you feel like it was a missed opportunity? I do. I really do. I was in the theater by myself, um, and I was just finding myself laughing at the not laughing because it was really that intentional stuff. Yes, exactly. I'm just like, like, really? That's ridiculous. Why would you say that? I do like what they tried to do with the Chris Hemsworth character. You know, if you have. You know, you have these women. You know, they're supposed to be these smart fucking women, and then you you play the gender swap with he a was very he was great in it, stupid guy. You know, I thought he did a great. I wasn't a huge fan of all of the script for him, but right. I thought he did great. Yeah, I thought it was a it was a very interesting character way, especially because you play into he plays such a brute of a character throughout like the Marvel universe yeah. and. So I, I love I do, how you try to answer the phone in the fish tank. Uh huh. Yeah, I can't answer the phone. It's in the fish tank. <laughs> the other phone. Oh, you know, I I thought that was super then funny. Taking out the lenses and his glasses. But my curiosity was like, did they have to make him that ditzy? Yeah. You know, did they well, have? To yeah. Pull it's like, him how did he survive that? this long? I don't. Just on his looks. Yeah. I guess but the like funny survival. Part is, like, how did he not get hit by more parked cars? Like, <laughs> exactly. I guess they were really playing a joke on like all the '80s secretaries and '90s secretaries, and which I thought was interesting shit, in this movie because Annie Potts was not a sex pot. She was a nerd. Like, yeah, she kind was of a hot nerd. Though, Mount- I just hate it. Yeah, she's a librarian. We're like, she's like sixty now. When they show it, yeah. when they gave her that cameo, I was oh like, oh my god, I barely recognized her. I didn't. I was just like, I know who you are, and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about all the cameos that came through? Uh, <sighs> fuck Bill it, Murray's cameo. It took me out of the movie. Yeah, because the cameos were so deliberate. Mm-hmm. That once again, kind of the meta it's like in a, winking at you, like yeah, uh-huh, like heavily uh-huh. winking to the point yeah, where it's like you're that. blinking at this point. Yeah, you know, it just exactly. it felt so heavy handed that it took me out of the movie. Yeah, and I felt like it took away from the main actresses. Sure, I where it's see like that. what? Because honestly, I f- I forgot I was going to bring this up. So for me, and I and after after the movie, I actually thanked him, where Paul Feig. I mean, on the we're kind of ripping on this, and I think it's fair. But I will say I did appreciate for a reboot and remake. It's nice to see that a studio handed an intellectual property to a director who understood the source material. Now, which I mean, you see that a lot, of, like fifty-fifty, where like the other times, like. Josh Trank for Fantastic Four right. doesn't give a flying fuck about the Sourceman 2. He's going to make up whatever the hell he wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was nice to see someone getting it where they're like, okay, they get the Sourceman 2. Now, I will say, though, it, bo- it he liked it to the point where it's like J.J. Abrams' appreciation for the source material, where it's like, all right, dude, how much fan service are we going to put in this fucking thing? Mm-hmm. Because like J.J. Abrams with the second Star Trek movie, he has Spock yell Khan. And in the new Star Wars movie, it's 
the fucking it's episode four rebooted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's to that point where it's like all these cameos were such fan service, and all these elements were in there for Ghostbusters to the point where it's like, do you want to make this your movie or not? Well, I read an interesting article with Paul Feig with uh, talking about like the initial and. Ins- creation of the storyline you know when he's thinking about it and he made the choice to be like movie um i know one of the thoughts that he had was to make these women the daughters of the original ghostbusters i heard that too and i'm i'm glad that they didn't right uh because they'd always have that shadow if they do sequels it would exactly and i don't think yeah to be honest i don't think bill murray would have been down for it i think the hard part for me he wasn't down for ghostbusters 3 for good reason (laughs) well what's really interesting is you realize I could tell that Bill Murray did not want to be in this film. Yeah. I felt when every time I saw yeah. him, like he was just kind of giving service to the material. I could because... see him reading the script and be like, oh, I get why you have my character be the skeptical one. Hilarious. Ha, ha, ha. Well, I, I feel like he was just doing it for Raitman, you know? Rest in peace. Ramus. Yeah, Ramus, thank yeah. you. Yeah, Ray, well, Ray, you know what I mean? Damn it. Well, Evan Reitman <laughs> produced stuff for right. Harold Ramus. Right. So, I always get those names mixed up. So, yes, Ramus, right? I feel like Bill Murray was just like... I thought his I his you, little nod was nice, though. Harold Ramus, the bust. Did you see the... There was also a, a, a Ramus statue. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, at the oh, college. Awesome. Um, like yeah, there was little, there was I little nods him. like that. You know, they were just so good together. Yeah, him and Bill Murray were just so funny. He's a great director too. Yeah, totally. Very funny. Very good comedic timing. Very fucking funny. Breaks my heart. I know. But Rest in peace, I, buddy. I agree with you. I think Bill Murray did it out of a sense of obligation because he fought right. doing Ghostbusters three. Because oh, uh, Ackroyd wanted to do it, and Bill's like, "Yeah, about that, I don't want to." <laughs> uh, well, I'm not sure if he didn't like the second, or like, if he kind of just felt like, "Why, re- why do we we need to retread this?" Yeah, he's like, "Danny, look at I need the cash." Yeah, Dan's like, "Please, yeah, please." Danny, my line of vodka is not selling like I was hoping. <laughs> please, look, I gotta do another movie with fucking John Candy. <laughs> this time it's in the fucking woods. Shit. Let me please. please. Can we make this? Don't make me make a Blues Brothers three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> but serious. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like they, all in all, out the door. I just feel like it was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Um. May, I mean, you kind of have a sense that they're going to make another one. We'll see. I hate saying it, but we'll see how box office does yeah. or whatever. And that's but, what I'm yeah. curious about because the reviews were kind of mixed. And I'm 73 fresh on fucking Rotten Tomato right now. So I thought it was supposed to be 75 before I got the boot certified. But when uh-huh. I looked, I, it looks like it's certified. I'm like, uh, are you only doing that because of politics? Maybe. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. With them throwing everything out at the end, though, for me, it's like, where do you go? If you're making it so big, like, where do you go from there? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. Mean, they give you the. Somebody said something about Zoom. I hope, Get the fuck out of I hope to God if they make a sequel, it has nothing to do with anything. With I hope they got that out of their system. Yeah. Because I want them to make it their own. I want them to maybe not do those jumpsuits anymore. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily make sense. The, the justification, like, oh, we're in the... Subway right. or whatever. So, like, so you don't get any more goop on you. That's yeah, literally like, the justification. Yeah. I was like, like, you sons of bitches. Yeah. Yeah, I feel... 
Yeah, I agree with. Hopefully, fingers and toes crossed. If they do get a second, you know, Ghostbusters with this, which I think they will, I have a feeling that they might. Yeah, I can't get a. Honestly, I cannot get a gauge for what box office. Yeah, barometer. I can't. I because I know with face faith based movies. Well, what is it literally this weekend? They. That's a good question. I don't know. I'll look right now. But faith based movies. Oh, I don't have my my phone on. Uh, those motherfuckers get in buses and go to theaters. Right. That's why faith based movies do so well. Is mm-hmm. they bring the yeah, they make goddamn church. Yeah. Whereas with this, I don't know what the all. I don't know how to say it. Like the let's do this to promote women's rights to be leads in a movie. I don't know what that's called. I don't know if that push is going to like be enough. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I can't get a gauge. I mean, I hope honestly just out of principle, I hope it's successful. Right. Because I do, I do like spy. She's the lead, but it, she's amazing. Know, all of I those want... movies didn't feel like this movie. Like if, if no, bridesmaids or spy or heat or those movies that they did with very strong female characters, transitioned into this type of movie, I think this movie would have been much, much better. 100%. If personally. this would have had the same dynamics as Bridesmaids, it would have been infinitely better. That, thank you. Thank you. And that's what I was hoping for, and yeah. we just didn't get it. You, yeah, we just didn't and get I it. And I read one review where they said that this script needed eight or nine more rewrites. Yeah. I No, I disagree. I feel like it was rewritten <laughs> too much. Uh, I'm curious I feel like the it got first super like, stripped down to the core elements of the story as opposed to the characters. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know because like I was I, I felt either. that was lacking. I'm just here's the tougher part is that we don't know what all the executives meetings Yeah, we were don't like. know the politics know behind the politi- it. Exactly, you don't know the politics behind all this shit. So all you can do is judge it on what you were And I do I do appreciate it is, you know, A for effort, the thought that counts when it comes to uh, one of the things Paul Feig says is he wanted to, he wants to create role models for young girls. Totally. You know when it, when I saw pictures of the premiere, I saw little girls dressed as Ghostbusters. That's like, cool. That's awesome. Nice. I just wish they had a. Yeah, my buddy has um, my buddy has two girls, and I'm kind of curious on how they're on. You know, he has an older one. I think she's like seven or something like that, or eight. And I'm curious what their take his take was on this new film but we'll see i mean honestly i want the america to be represented more in film yeah but it's kind of that it's people think it's a chicken and the egg thing and it's not it's what's gonna make the money right because that's what dictates what hollywood does is what society accepts right so you can only push so f- it's only realistic to push executives so far but the money has to be the ultimate, like, what talks. Sure. So this needs to do really well. They're not going to keep doing this type of stuff if it doesn't do well. It's They're going to revert back to the guys leading. Right. You know, so I'm sure... I know they felt pressure on this. That's... And I, you can get... But the problem is to that. not show that. And to make it effortless. Right. Like Spy was or Bridesmaid was. Bridesmaids didn't feel... You watch that movie. I'm not a huge fan of that movie, but I can appreciate it. Dude, I love that movie. 
Yeah, you watch it I think though. It's hilarious. You watch it though, and it seems like oh, no big whoop. You know, it's just an ensemble comedy starring all women. What's mm-hmm. different about that? You know, it had that carefree like this is the norm. Why do you think it's weird? It's the norm. This should be the norm. It's the norm in the world, right? So it's, I really wish that sort of attitude was infused in this movie. Totally. But maybe it just the stakes were just too high. And that's the only thing that I could yeah. think of. So, did you were saying that you you got to talk with Paul Fine yeah. a little bit? Like, what was some of the the conversation that you guys had? So, actually, I wanted to ask him a question about Spy. Oh, how funny! <laughs> so that's what we talked about. I mean, I like I said, I talked to him about being glad he appreciated the intellectual property. Yeah, you know, he understood it because that's, that's always the hard a fear. part. You did say that. That's the hard part for me. Like, you can understand that he appreciated the intellectual property, but yet he still gave this. No, well, because my feeling was he was too close to the source material. Mm. That's my J.J. Abrams thing, where J.J. Abrams does nothing but fan service when it comes to him getting an intellectual property. Uh Um, And that's my feel for this. Like, he understood it so much that he felt too much pressure. But, hey, I mean, silver lining, he understood the source material. Right. Um, You can argue whether or not that's a good thing for this movie because you kind of want to make it your own. Um, but I asked him on Spy, some of my favorite jokes are based on the costumes. So okay. there's one where Rose Byrne's wearing something and Melissa McCarthy calls her a slutty dolphin trainer. <laughs> so I always Forgot wondered, because there's multiple of those. Right. Um, and I wondered if he wrote it and then the costume department interpreted what that would look like. But because I think that'd be kind of fun for the costume department. Yeah, be like, totally. What does a slutty dolphin trainer look like? What was the answer? But the answer was that was all written on the day. Oh, how fun! So you know, the staff writer or him, when they'd be in the outfits, they would come up with those lines on the spot. And he's like, "That one, his writer had it." And he's like, well, "That's hilarious. We're gonna do that one." Right. So that was the answer. But I always wondered, like, which came first. Interesting. Did he, uh, through the Q&A, did anything pop up that you thought was rather, rather interesting? Just uh, w- with the Q&A, it was surprising because there's a science, uh, like something for high schoolers where it's kind of like a science fair, uh-huh. but it's a competition for inventions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's for women, for girls. Okay. And so the Q&A had Paul Feig, the head of that competition... And then the winner from that year. Uh, okay, so there wasn't really much about the movie. Movie. Well, he say. would talk about that, and but there'd be a lot of questions, and a lot of the questions from the audience. It was mm-hmm. at the YouTube space um, outside of Culver City in the Howard Hughes old hangar. Hangar. Mm-hmm. Um, That's cool. A lot of questions were from women, geared about women. You know, both you know in the science community, what that means to be pushing more of that, as well as in the movie things about women so once again very deliberate in the making of this movie to be more like female positive kind of like and it reminded me of mad max fury road where everyone's like "Ugh, max is barely in it it's such a feminist movie it's like yeah it is and that's good yeah <laughs> why is that a bad thing I it think was charlie's throne's movie yeah totally. that was not he was just he was the macguffin in that movie which is why mad max is, Ma- yes i totally agree so it's like but yeah absolutely that was the point mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah it's the point of this movie and it was the intention of this movie and instead of how about everybody out there instead of being like ugh, i can't believe there's so much criticism get over it 
girl should be doing this. How about discuss with the person and just start a dialogue? Yeah. That's the whole point. That's what Paul Feig, and they're just trying to move things forward, but you're going to have to have uncomfortable comments. Right. Those people who were against it because it's women, you're not going to tell, they're not going to get over it by you telling them to get over it. <laughs> right. That never works. You know, it's through dialogue, and that, like I said, that's why they did this movie. And that's why the marketing's beating it over your head that these women are starring in this movie because they want you to be like, fucking women can lead tent poles. Right. But there needs to be a discussion. Yeah, but who would have played those characters if they were all men anyway? Well, I don't know. There's my point. It'd be a fucking Seth Rogen and all those guys. I, they I, couldn't have done it. Actually, I think that's probably who would have done it. But, that's my point, yeah. but it, I don't think it would have been... And honestly, I feel like there would have been, the been criticism for it anyway, for it because anyway. it's a reboot, and yeah. it's a remake, and people yeah. are very vocal about those, regardless of the gender. Well, final thoughts, then? Uh, Final thoughts is I will give it an A for effort. Yeah. But in execution, I would probably give it a 6 or 6.5. Yeah. Because I'm glad I saw it once. Yeah. It was fine for what it is, but unfortunately, I don't see a reason to see it again. As opposed yeah. to Spy, where I can literally watch that every single week and laugh my ass off. Yeah. I'm right there with you. We'll see. It, we'll... it was a missed opportunity. Yeah. That was, I like the way that you put that. Is it's a womp, womp, womp. Yeah, it was... Uh, all right. Well. Well. We did it. We did it. And eventually, we're going to be doing a mini major for Civil War. We uh, gotta get to that, but that, that will one. be. We'll wait for that one to be on DVD. <laughs> Shit, man. Yeah, actually, that'd be a good time. Is when it's coming out. Yeah, might being as well. top of mind for people. All right. Well. All right. What are your final thoughts? I'm on the same boat with you, man. I mean, we kind of beat it over the head a little bit. Mm. And, you know, I feel like it tried. Yeah. And it succeeded in small places. And but the weight it, of it was just too heavy. Yeah. And you could feel it. And I'm somebody that went in it without any expectation. Sure. I didn't sure. I didn't live into all the bullshit or the hype or whatever. I just watched it for what it was. And I'm going to watch the original one tonight. Are you? I am. I'm going to watch the original one tonight. And First just, one's great. Yeah, exactly. And that's about it, really. So hopefully, fingers and toes crossed that they get out of their own way. I feel like they just got in their own way. Yeah. And I feel hopefully in the next... If they get them, fingers and toes crossed again. If they get another one, they just do them. Yeah, completely. I hope they get a sequel, and I have a, I have a feeling that they're going to do their own I thing. Do. I, I really, do. when I heard the Zool thing, I was like, oh, but I don't, I would be shocked if that's what the sequel is. Yeah. I think that was just more, once again, a like, jarring uh-huh. nod to the audience. Yeah, I agree. So well, only time will tell. We'll see what happens. Right. Well, thanks, right, Jonesy. Man. Thank you. All right, bye. <laughs>